Welcome to the Peepcast. It is March 10th, 2022. Today was yet another blockbuster news day in the NFL. Carson Wentz is out in Indy, and the arms race in the AFC West is getting even more heated with Khalil Mack relocating to the Los Angeles Chargers. It's Thursday, which means we have our Twitter debate of the week. It's all here right now. Football is here. Let's get it. It is Thursday, and we have another trade-tastic episode (laughs) full to talk about all the crazy stuff. We got pass rushers. We got another quarterback uh, that went to the Washington Commanders. What the heck is going on out there, Ronnie? We knew that there was going to be some action, but now we got pass rushers going. What's going on? Yeah, uh, this one's a little bit of a surprise, uh, kind of out of left field. Um, A little bit of pun intended there since the – Major League Baseball finally settled their deal. Uh, This football podcast will back to football. Uh, I think it's great for the Chargers, and uh, they are obviously loading up because they they understand what's going on in that division, and they're going to have to get after the quarterback. Uh, My only concern is uh, Mac is good against the run in the past, of course. However, that run defense was not good last year, so I think they need a little bit more still, but they're definitely heading in the right direction. Absolutely. I will uh, tell you. So Khalil Mack, for those of you who don't know, today he was traded from the Chicago Bears to the Los Angeles Chargers, not Rams, thank God. But now he's going to be paired with Joey Bosa, and they didn't give up a whole heck of a lot for him, right? It was a second-round pick and a six-round pick. And from a Bears standpoint, it's kind of a weird trade because they only save $6 million to get rid of him. And really for not that much money. I know that he's, I mean, to say twilight of his career, I don't know. He's only 31 years old, but then you pair him with Joey Bosa and it's an arms race. It's starting to, it's starting to feel like fantasy football in the AFC West. <laughs> it really is that, uh, that division is going to be insane. I can't wait to, to see what happens with it. And uh, we got, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the, the Brandon theory. Uh, we can, uh, we can bring that up. Maybe this is a great time since we're talking about Khalil Mack going to the chargers, but I think that one, two punch uh, between Bosa and, and Mack, it's going to be formidable. Uh, they, they, they may very well lead the league in sacks or at least be right up there. But like I said, that run defense needs some work still. Uh, so it's going to be great. I can't wait to see how that division unfolds. They're going to just kick the crap out of each other. And I still stand by my uh, previous prediction. No team will win more than 12 team, 12 games out of that division. Heck no. Well, I got to give a shout out to my boy guy Ford. This guy is on. He's, he's making waves in the YouTube community himself. Uh, one of my good buddies, I met him, uh, headed to an Atlanta. He came out to Boise, uh, working with AT&T direct TV. Uh, but he's saying hit, Hit like and subscribe on the way in. I absolutely support that message, man. And do the same thing. Go check out his podcast. Uh, I'm not going to try to save that, but he t- has some really good, real conversations. Talks about food. Talks about you know being a man, like things like that. So I got to have my shout out for him. Now, going back to Khalil Mack, we have arms race, right? We have Russell Wilson two days before going to the Broncos. This is the chargers saying, Oh, we already got our guy. We're Mm going to one up you. We're going to go get a guy to go after your guy. 
<laughs> yeah. Go after all three of them in that division. I mean, it's it, it, it's it, when you really think about it, they got Derwin James. They have Joey Bosa. They got Khalil Mack. And I can imagine that Khalil Mack has never had a Joey Bosa on the other side. And Joey Bosa has never had a Khalil <laughs> Mack on the other side. You only have five linemen, man. <laughs> and both of those guys garner a double team, at least yeah. attention, a game plan to try to have them not wreck the game. I wonder if this is a little bit of, hey, you remember how Tampa Bay kind of ruined uh, Kansas City, you know, having a repeat? And we're going to do that. We're going to yeah. do that. But we're not going to do that in the Super Bowl. We're going to do that for the division. I think it's a phenomenal move by the Chargers. And they're not done. They have $42 million in cap space. They're not done. I think they have the ability to be a really scary, and I mean scary defense yeah. in, in the AFC West. And I know uh, my buddy Matt here, he is – extremely upset because he's a big time Raiders fan. And so he's had to deal with Khalil Mack going to the, the, the bears. bears. Right? Now bears. that he's back in the division and uh, <laughs> Trent Brown, is he going to block those guys, man? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, you mentioned uh, being a Raiders fan. Of course, you know, my wife's a Raiders fan too. So she Nobody's was, perfect. yeah, <laughs> she, she's close. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, she, she was pretty disappointed, of course, when Klimak left. Now coming back and going to be going after the Raiders quarterback, uh, it's you know, comes full circle. And uh, I don't know. The Raiders are going to have to do something. I think uh, the whole division is going to have to do something to to, to f- figure out something that, with the, the Chargers' pass rush. And you, like you said, there's only five offensive linemen. Maybe, maybe they go two tight end sets and one guy is on the pass route. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> It's going to be really tough. I will tell you that, um, I mean, that that's what, I mean, the AFC West right now is a microcosm of what's important in the NFL, quarterbacks and pass rushers. And that's yeah. what the AFC West is kind of loading up on. And it's not necessarily like, okay, the entire NFL, take a look at the, the AFC West. Well, we, we kind of are, but you're looking how they're having to, you know, the Denver Broncos last year, I felt like they their draft was pointed towards stopping a, an insane passing attack. They drafted Patrick Sertan in the first round. And their defense, they, they, they were able to have a solid defense that was able to kind of slow it down a little bit. But they just didn't have the offense. And when you continue to have opportunities, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to beat you. And that's kind of what happens. But now you're starting to see, okay, so we got to have the secondary, but we also got to have the pass rush. And I think that for the Chargers, they did a good job in their draft last year. Asante Samuel Jr., they got him. They got Chris Harris as a free agent from the Denver Broncos, and they loaded up their secondary. Derwin James was actually healthy a majority of the season. Now they bring in a guy like Khalil Mack, and I just have like a feeling like that was an old division rival that just kind of tipped their hat. Oh, Denver. Yeah. You wanted to go get Russell Wilson. All right. Well, we, we, got, we something got something too. for you. Yeah. We got something for you. Denver only got to talk about it for two days. Now it seems like this is the hot commodity. <laughs> yeah. Well, with the free agency is right around the corner too. So, um, you got some good corners out there. JC Jackson's out there. He's available. I wouldn't be shocked if one of these four teams goes after him heavily. Just, I, this, I don't think the division's done. I think we're going to see some more big names end up in that division 
and it's going to be like four Pro Bowl teams going at it. <laughs> An oh, actual for- game, a Pro Bowl type game. I, I mean, it's going to be gnarly. Uh, Matt brings up a phenomenal question here. So the, the Chargers have a scary defense, and their offense is pretty good. Do you see any weaknesses on the Chargers team? Uh, so what do you think about that, Ronnie? I still contend that the run defense is going to need some help. Uh, like I said, Khalil Max is good on both sides uh, with the, the the rush and the uh, run defense, but they were one of the worst teams against the, the run. I, I don't know if they were dead last, but they were really close to that. And that's, you know, that's what kept them out of the playoffs. Uh, ultimately, they just could not stop the run. And, and I think they need to add another piece or two in that regard uh, to help out. And if they do that, man, watch out. And I don't think they'll punt it because, you know, the Chargers don't punt it anyway. So, yeah, they really don't. In that, in that Kansas City Chiefs game, they had the opportunity. They went for it so many times, kick a field goal even, right? And yeah. there was like nine points that they left on the board against the Kansas City Chiefs. And lo and behold, they end up losing in overtime. That game shouldn't have gone to overtime, number uh, one. I, I do want to wonder this, though, really quick. Was his decision to go for it? Predicated on the fact that his defense wasn't that good, I think so. Well, Maybe I think he doesn't it, do it as often. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was twofold. It could have been that they were down there, and there are coaches, and there's a lot of analytics, you know, that yeah. will say when you have a team down there, it, it's actually more worth going for seven than just kicking a three because you keep you have them in field position, and if you're able to stop them, which they weren't then you're a, if you're able to stop them, you got the good, good field position again and another opportunity to go score that touchdown or whatever it is. So I kind of get that. Going back to Matt's question here, I agree with you. It is the run defense. And it's not necessarily because of scheme or things like that. They were really light. I mentioned that last season before they ever kicked anything off. If you looked at the height and weight of their, their inside linebackers, I mean, they have Drew Tranquil, who I'm a Notre Dame guy, this he played safety at Notre Dame. He's coming down in a hybrid role. We're starting to see that a lot in the NFL now. Yeah. But you know how you—that's old school. You know how you stop a fast, light defense. You run right at them, and and that's kind of what teams started to do. And it, it it's kind of like, um, you know, what do they say in uh, Remember the Titans? It's like Novocaine. Just give it some time; it'll work. It was like that. <laughs> Teams would be able to run for three, four, five yards consistently, maybe never breaking a huge one, but staying ahead of the chains. And that is a pain to deal with defensively, especially when you're trying to get them in third and long to be able to go after the passer with a premier pass rusher like Joey Bosa. So you have Khalil Mack. That's great. But if you never get him in third and long, how are you going to use Khalil Mack? You got to hope that he gets there in a first, second down when it's when he has to play both the run and the pass. So I, I definitely think the weakness is they have to really establish uh, a, a run stopper. They have $42 million. Go get one. Go get a nice three technique right there in the middle of your uh, of your defense there. But, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of my thoughts uh, on that. But big news, man. Khalil Mack going to the AFC West once again um, is absolutely huge. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to chat about on that one, Ronnie? Well, I wanted to kind of take a quick look at some of the free agents as far as the defensive tackles, and there are some significantly good DTs out there. Yeah, Brandon Williams and Dominican Sue, Linville Joseph, Vernon Butler. Those are some pretty solid uh, 
defenders that they can maybe go and grab it and plug in the middle of that that line too. So we'll see what they do. Uh, like I said, free agency, uh, the 14th is what I believe it's on the Sunday. So yeah, it's going to um, kick off about middle of the day. So yeah, they officially can't sign until the 16th, but we all know we're going to start hearing the, well, we've the got trades on going the 14th. off. We got trades oh, yeah. going off and that new year is not even happening, but yeah, you know what? Hakeem Hicks, he's a free agent right now. He's an interior guy. Uh, Calais Campbell, he's another guy. I mean, he's, he's 35. You got to think that he's going to want to go to a contender and you just signed, mm-hmm. Khalil, Mack, signed Khalil Mack. I got to imagine that his eyeballs are kind of going now, wait a dang minute over there. <laughs> like that might yeah. be a defensive line. I want to be a part of. Um, so well, that's something that, yeah. Von Miller going back to Denver potentially. And that yeah, get that him out of the NFC West, get him out of there, please. No, he can stay in the NFC. It's fine. <laughs> I'm telling you, the AFC is gearing up for, and I mean, it almost seems like an Avengers Endgame type of scenario. In, I mean, you got the the Bengals, you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs, you got the Chargers. I mean, you you even got the Colts, who I think have a really good team. The only thing person that messed that up was Carson Wentz, and we're going to talk about him later. Uh, but some big time, uh, yeah. some, you know, big time stuff there. So, oh, you can't um, even right. the Patriots in that mix too, unfortunately. Absolutely. You know, so we got all these bringing some wide receivers. Well, they're getting ready to the, potentially sign or uh, get rid of uh, Nikhil Harry. And do you, you blame him? No. <laughs> I mean, what Most of the people does? watching right now don't even know who Nikhil Harry is. Why? <laughs> or Harris? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> moving enough on. enough Patriots talk. Yeah. That's enough for you. So <laughs> next up. <laughs> And this is kind of so. This is going to be a little bit more broad. We kind of narrowed it down to what in the world are the Cowboys doing? Which I'm always a fan of asking what the hell the Cowboys are doing. <laughs> Lael Collins, he's part of trade discussions right now, and all the talk that has gone around the Dallas Cowboys. Amari Cooper is going to get released. No, nope, we're going to trade him. No, we're probably going to release him. They're not very good at negotiations, apparently, <laughs> because you don't tell the league you're going to you're going to get rid of a guy, then you're going to trade him. There goes your leverage. Yeah. And then Demarcus Lawrence, there's a lot of rumors going around of him potentially being a cap casualty. They did restructure Dak's contract, and then uh, I think it was Nick Martin or Zach Martin, uh, Zach their Martin, guard, yeah. Zach Martin, their guard, to free up about $22 million. So they did that, and they're still $1 million over, okay? So they're doing some – I mean, they're really not in a good situation with their contracts. They're not in a good situation with – you know, I mean, we talked about Zeke potentially being a cap casualty, and we scrubbed that once we saw what his deal was. It would cost them more money to get rid of him than it would be just to simply keep him. Yeah, they so, can't. They can't cut him. They can't trade him. They they can't. They can't play him, can they? I mean, unless they want. I mean, if they want to win. I mean, he's got the old belly shirt, and he's <laughs> you, he's probably in Cabo right now. Ezekiel, if you're listening, put some suntan lotion on, sir. Uh, so the top two contracts on the. Dallas Cowboys, Demarcus Lawrence is the top. So if they were able to cut him, his cap number is $27 million, but they're going to eat $19 million if they cut him. He's only going to save $8 million. This is where Amari Cooper and why his is such a big deal is he's a $22 million cap hit. However, they're able to save $16 million with releasing him. Um, right only now, a six- just over a million, right? 
Yeah. So, I mean, all of a sudden yeah. they're able to do some, some work there, right? Just by getting rid of Amari Cooper. I would actually expect that in the next couple days. This is going to yeah. happen before free agency hits. So I imagine this is going to happen fairly soon. I can't imagine anybody going out and trying to, trying to give up something for him, knowing that they're going to most likely release him. But Lael Collins, that, that one's strange to me. Um, they can't cut him. He's He would be a 13, almost $14 million cap hit if he's traded, which is always trade designations. But um, yeah. it's, it's really the same type of thing. So I... Do you think that's just smoke? Like, what, do you think that's legitimate? Like, what do you think about that? I think it's legit. I think they're, I mean, I, and I don't know the whole story. Like, I don't know if they are actively letting the league know, hey, he's available, or if maybe some teams have contacted them and say, hey, what, what is there, is there an option here? Is there something we can work out? Cause I know, uh, following Buffalo, uh, Brandon Bean has said many times, we entertain any trade option. Like if somebody calls us, we'll listen. Doesn't mean we're going to do anything, but sure, we'll listen. Because if somebody wants to give us six draft picks for you know our center, okay, well we're probably going to do that. You know, obviously that's an extreme example, but so I think at the end of the day, most of these GMs probably listen to whatever comes across the phone. Okay, yeah, I'll take a listen and hear what you have to say. Yeah, no, goodbye. So we don't know if that's necessarily the the context of this or not. But um, some of the moves that they're doing right now and the, these contracts that they, they have on the books currently, Zeke especially, I just I don't know what they're doing, man. I just don't know. It It's interesting. They've never been, I mean, at least since the 90s, they've never been really stable. Um, I Maybe when Tony Romo was there, like I felt like they won a lot of football games. But, I mean, this is just – it seems like they have tried to build up their team. They've, you can't have all the Jerry Jones likes having the highest paid players. Like he, it's like almost like a selling point at some point, right? Like Amari Cooper, let's get him like to be a high paid wide receiver, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, like all these guys. Yeah. And I think all those guys, I would say, except for Amari Cooper has underperformed. I know that Amari Cooper is a little bit better than maybe somewhat of the, uh, the numbers show maybe that's a knock on Dak a little bit or Dak's injury when he got hurt and kind of that situation. But I mean, I look at this team and they're full of talent, but they're up against the cap. They are barely going to be able to hold on to the guys that they do have. I just don't see them getting better from what they were this year and being a wild card exit to yeah. being able to, have a deep playoff run. I just don't see that right now. Although the NFC is, is wide open. So, I mean, I guess they do have that going for them and they do play in the, the NFC East. So, yeah, I mean, in that NFC conference, you could make an argument that Dak might be one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the, in the conference. Um, <laughs> Dang it. Man. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I was thinking about Dallas earlier. So I want to ask you this question. Jerry Jones has been the owner for, for a minute now, and I don't think too many people would argue Jimmy Johnson is the reason why they won three Super Bowls in the 90s. Or, sorry, two, and then a third with, with Switzer. So my question is, if Jerry Jones wasn't who he is, full of ego and a big head, and could have worked with Jimmy Johnson, how many Super Bowls could they have won in, those, in the 90s? And how long would Jimmy Johnson maybe even stick stuck around? Well... 
Ronnie, this is a multi-layered question because you know <laughs> that their competition at that time frame was my San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, that was so, why I wanted to throw this out there. <laughs> that's why you want to throw you know, I think that they so that year in 1994 that the that the 49ers went into and won the Super Bowl, that was Barry Switzer's first year. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in that season, it almost seemed like they were kind of Dallas was losing kind of their way. There were some things that were, you know, Barry was a lot different than Jimmy yeah, uh, Johnson, you know, in the way that he kind of did things. Um, obviously, that that second year, 1995, they went to and won the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But then after that was kind of done. Troy Aikman, you know, kind of, uh, you know, he started to get hurt. Michael Irvin started to get hurt. They just that then it became the Green Bay Packers show in the NFC for a little while. So I, I don't know. I honestly think that just because of the competition that, that the, they had with the 49ers and what the 49ers were trying to do, maybe 1994 is a little bit different if Jimmy Johnson stays. But I think it's right where it would have been. But I will say that after that, I do think that they potentially would have won some other ones because I think that they would have you got to remember the salary cap came into the league mm-hmm. after, you know, shortly after that too. So it's almost a, a tough question because that now there was a whole new set of parameters that they were working with because in the nineties, there wasn't a salary cap. You could load up your team and that's what the 49ers and Dallas Cowboys yeah. did. And it was just those two guys in the league and the Buffalo bills in the AFC. And for some reason, San Francisco never got to play Buffalo. Um, but I do think if there was a different guy in charge nowadays, I do think with the talent that they have and the ability to maybe hire a different coach, I'm not a big fan of Mike McCarthy at all. I don't know why they continue to hire guys that are just yes, sir, to Jerry Jones. Well, the reason they do is because of Jerry Jones. But if they were going to get one, like a Sean McVay, can you imagine what Sean McVay could do with that roster or a Kyle Shanahan or a Matt LaFleur or even a Zach Taylor? Like, I just feel like if there was somebody that would, Jerry Jones would just go like this. Right. Just do it. I trust you. I think they would have better results. I really do. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree with you. I think uh, I, any owner in this league needs to just keep their hands off the roster personally. Let the coach and GM do their job. And that's why, like with Jimmy Johnson, I think he was a great coach, but I think even more than that, he was a great evaluator of talent. He knew mm-hmm. talent and could develop it when he saw it. and Because he had multiple draft picks that were late – later rounds and he developed and they played, you know, big roles on that, uh, the Super Bowl uh, teams and guys like Jerry Jones, Daniel Snyder in Washington, it, it does not work out. Um, that was one of the things I loved about uh, uh, the Pagulas when they came and took over with Buffalo. They're like, we just write the checks. Brandon Bean, McDermott, you guys, you take care of the roster. We're going to sit back and, you know, you know, like I said, write those checks. And um, I think that's the way it needs to be. But Jerry Jones is too stubborn. The ego, he can't get past himself. And it's just, it's going to, yeah, I don't know. We used to see that with Al Davis. Al Davis used to do that a lot, right? Um, So just to kind of get off of that topic and to kind of talk about, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on in the NFL since, what, Tuesday has been the main day. Franchise tag deadline has been... Mm -hmm the one that has really kind of kicked everything off. So you might be a fan of, of your team and why are they cutting this guy? You know, like uh, Landon Collins in uh, Washington commanders. Well, that was 
really because, you know, Carson Wentz. And we'll talk about that. But I want you, everybody to understand this is the point of the season, the offseason, that is really so full of action because teams are reloading. This is their opportunity before the draft to reload. There's a cycle in the NFL that kind of goes on. So really after the you, – you see it right when the postseason begins. And they call it Black Monday when coaches get fired. Well, you see staff start to get put together. You see coaches getting hired, fired, hired. Staffs get put together. And then shortly after the Super Bowl, that's when they start to put together plans of what they're going to start to do with their roster. And this is what we're starting to see is you know players financially for financial reasons getting getting cut to free up some cap space um, for go out and get a guy reasons like what happened with Russell Wilson right so Broncos yeah. wanted to go out and get a guy and they paid a hell of a lot to go get him the Green Bay Packers they wanted to keep their guy so they restructured his contract to be able to fit that in. I still don't know how the hell they're going to do that. And Devontae Adams, there's still $45 million that it, I mean, this is four days away, guys. Like, I don't know what you're doing over there. So there's going to be some news coming out of green Bay, potentially of some players maybe getting cut or, and, or getting restructured. But this is that point in the season where you, we talked about it in the postseason where we start to feel hope. The chargers fans right now feel like they're on cloud nine. Cause they got Khalil yeah. Mack. The Denver Broncos are on cloud nine because they got Russell Wilson. The Seattle Seahawks are in the dumps because now they don't know where their team's going, right? So as we kind of look through this, you know, the the Colts, they made a huge move. They made an absolute huge move. We both clicked at the same time. Carson Wentz, he's on the move. So on Wednesday, and we've been full of trades. I can't wait for tomorrow because I feel like every time my phone buzzes, Something's we were in happen. our we were in our pre-production meeting and Ronnie's phone goes off. It was a sports center sound, and I immediately went, Oh crap, started looking at my phone and it wasn't even football related, but I'm I'm like triggered my phone's going off, something's going on. So Carson Wentz, he's on the move. Okay. He went he he got traded to the Washington Commanders. And they didn't really give up a whole heck of a lot. And they're taking on his salary. So of all the quarterbacks that were kind of out there, we kept saying that the Washington commanders are going to take a shot. They're going to take a shot and go get their guy. Well, Aaron Rodgers didn't work out. Okay. Russell Wilson didn't work out. Carson Wentz. <laughs> now I heard Jimmy didn't want to, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't want to go there. I heard Russell didn't want to go there. And I heard, and they actually offered three first round picks to try to get Russell Wilson. But man, Carson Wentz is on the move. He's going to the AFC or the NFC East again. Uh, what's your take on this, Ronnie? That's <laughs> uh, a desperation move. I mean, I can't be anything else. I, is he really that much better than Heineke at this point? I'm physically, yeah. There's no question. I mean, physically, Carson Wentz is one of the the best quarterbacks in the game. He just can't put it together, and. If uh, Frank Reich, who was his quarterback's coach in Philly when he had the start of an MVP type of season before he got injured, if Frank Reich can't fix him him in Indianapolis, I don't know what they're going to do in Washington. I mean, Ron Rivera is not known as a quarterback guru, is he? No. No. 
yeah, I don't know. It no, it, it blows my mind. I wouldn't be surprised if Heineke outplays him in the preseason, and that's going to be all sorts of controversy all season long. The craziest thing with this entire situation is they've been looking for a guy. I've been saying they're a quarterback away, and I understand that they one year. Are. Yeah, they still are quarterback away. Well, you want to know what? Last season, and I, I have to give Carson Wentz his due, he played actually pretty well for the Indianapolis Colts. There are times where he really hurts them, specifically speaking against the Tennessee Titans in overtime. He throws a pick. He actually got the Tennessee Titans yeah. back in the game. They were way ahead in that game. He throws a pick six off of a screen bonehead play where you should just either eat it eat the sack it still wouldn't have been a safety i don't think or maybe it is two points is better than seven points right mm -hmm. as long as my math's correct <laughs> so i'm gonna have a math in a while but i think so yeah pretty sure it is yeah so then he turns around in overtime they have possession they're on the 25 yard line he has jonathan taylor which at the time has been going off in the nfl and i mean not like going he's going off he's going off in the nfl Wide open underneath on the check down, which normally Carson Wentz loves. He tries yeah. to force a uh, a comeback around on the outside, gets picked off because he telegraphed it the entire way. The Tennessee Titans win the game. Well, he plays pretty well. They're still in the mix of it. And I, I kept saying the Colts, the Colts, if they get into the playoffs, they're going to be dangerous. You didn't want to see the Colts in the playoffs, Ronnie. I know you didn't. No. Jonathan Taylor and what they were built to do was oh, he for ran playoff all over football. Buffalo. Oh he yeah, destroyed Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. You did not want to see him. Five touchdowns in that game. Yeah, you did not want to see him. No. And the only thing that was standing in their way was the Jacksonville Jaguars, the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. And Carson Wentz didn't get it done. He <laughs> laid the biggest it. egg of the he, season. Oh. Well, he only needed to win one of those last two games, either Jacksonville Jaguars or Week Seventeen. I don't remember who the opponent was. But one of those two games, I mean, it wasn't kind of like KC or anything like that, and he couldn't get it done. And and you're right, he did have, statistically speaking, you look at the numbers, they weren't terrible. But you're right, there's just moments where he just collapses. In those big moments, he just falls apart. And uh, I don't know, I don't know, that, I'm not a fan <laughs> of him, um, mainly because I I really felt like going back to with Frank Reich, that was the key. I really thought, okay, he, this is going to be like the resurrection of his career. He proved me wrong and I don't like being proved wrong. So I'm done with him. He's not going to make it in Washington either. And it, Washington's good, but I feel like they still need a little bit more on the offensive side. McLaurin's good. Gibson's good. That looks like they're probably going to lose McKissick in free agency. The offensive line, all right. I don't know that they're like you know top flight, but uh, they need another weapon, uh, particularly on the uh, opposite side of uh, McLaurin. But Wentz isn't gonna be that guy that can lift that team. And, and maybe they're still gonna. Maybe they're not done. Maybe they're just like you know what? Let's go ahead and get him, and we're still gonna shoot for Deshaun Watson. Oh man, don't give me no. <laughs> no, there's no way there's, there's no way that they, so here's the thing, because there was a ripple effect, Landon Collins specifically, yeah. a ripple effect of this move. They had to let go of one of their better defender player, defender players in the secondary Landon Collins. They had to let him go. 
And yeah, you're right. Uh, Scott, you're right. They're probably going to lose uh, Sheriff, their guard, in this whole yeah. deal because they're taking on Wentz's money. Okay. Now, I will say this. I will say this about Carson Wentz. And I actually thought that Indianapolis was going to be his last chance. This is his last, 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 last chance to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. If he fails in Washington, he's done. Is he? And I, I he's no How many way. chances has Fitzpatrick got to start now? I think he started well, yeah. for every team in the league. But he's like a stopgap guy. Like I don't. I think. I think with Carson, like you, you label him something different. Then it like he had that one year, and I think that he's still going on the fumes of that year in Philadelphia, where he was almost yeah. the MVP. We're not having this discussion if that season doesn't happen. You take that season away, and you look at yeah. his numbers; they are not good. They're really bad. In fact, they're still not very good. But that one season makes them look just a little bit better. They do. They make him look a little bit better. But I have a theory about this entire situation, okay? I have a theory. So everyone and their mother, brother, their dog was saying, all right, now Wentz is gone in Indianapolis. This perfectly lines up for Jimmy G to go to the Colts. But I don't think so. And Matt, pay attention, buddy, because this is <laughs> going to involve your Raiders. There's been some things that are going on since this Carson Wentz trade, okay? Some big things, some kind of under-the-carpet type of things with the Las Vegas Raiders. They have been trying to get rid of cap like crazy, right? They're, they're 17 almost $18 million under the cap. They made some moves that as soon as this updates, they're going to be right around $43, $44 million under the cap. We've been talking about Derek Carr. We've been th thinking that he's going to stay. He's going to stay with the Raiders. We we think that's going to happen. Okay, but why are you shedding so much cap all of a sudden? Like, what's going on? They're getting ready for something. What is that? Like, what, what move are they getting ready to make? And here's my theory. Wentz left, all of a sudden there were some rumblings going around. Not And not just from, like, one you know source. And these are – I'm talking – these are verified people that, that have their ear to the ground – that have been hearing that the Colts really love Derek Carr. Now they might not be able to be in the Jimmy G sweepstakes with, without a first, but they might have some players or whatever. I think, and I could be wrong. This is just me going out on a limb, making an opinion at eight 34 at night in Idaho. I think that they might be making a move to try to get the, Derek Carr from the Raiders, and I think the Raiders are trying to get Deshaun Watson. And here's another piece to the puzzle. Today, and this seems like irrelevant to most people, okay, but in the 49ers camp, and I am always on all over this, Jimmy Garoppolo, they've been saying, yeah, you know, the 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 trade talks have heated up for him and, and all that stuff. I think it's getting close, okay? And I think there's a team that's willing to pay up for him they signed Nate Sudfeld today to a backup job, which means to me you don't make that move unless you know for a fact Jimmy for sure is going to go. You don't sign Nate Sudfeld for a $3 million contract. Well, he could earn three. It's really a $2 million contract. When you're up against a cap like the 49ers are, unless you're getting ready to shed Jimmy's contract, which is $26 million. So I think, A, a Jimmy trade is coming. B, it's not to the Colts. 
see the Colts still need a guy. And I think they're going to try to make a run at Derek Carr and D the Vegas Raiders are getting ready to get rid of Derek Carr and they're shedding contract uh, money to get Deshaun Watson is what I think is happening. Where's what Garoppolo are your thoughts? Going? Where's Garoppolo going? So that leaves two teams. Okay. Because he was he he would waive his no trade clause for the Colts. Now the Colts have the most money to give up. However, their draft capital wasn't the best. Like they right. just gave up they they don't have a first rounder this year. So with three teams potentially in it and the heating up, I think maybe another team is offering a first. And so it's either between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New Orleans Saints. I think the most I think it's probably Pittsburgh because they're in, in a financial space to do so. They're $28.8 million under the cap right now, while the Saints are $33 million over the cap. Right. So Jimmy G's contract is $26, 27000000 million. The only team out of that that can really absorb that money is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they need a quarterback. That's what I think is happening. Come at me with your stuff. I <laughs> know. Uh, I mean, uh, why not? Uh, it'd be <laughs> some great TV if that happens. Uh, I agree. Uh, I think Steelers would be the best fit. And from what we understand, they're kind of letting Jimmy uh, have some say in where he goes. So I don't see why he would want to go to New Orleans uh, when Pittsburgh is kind of built uh, to win now if they just have a quarterback. Uh, and one could argue that their roster is better than the 49ers. So I don't see why he would pick the Saints over the uh, <laughs> Steelers. Come on now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, why not? I We'll know some more tomorrow. I believe tomorrow um, we'll have some more information on whether there's going to be some charges brought down on Watson. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll tell you what, Matt Christie brings up a very good point. Deshaun Watson fits in, fits in Vegas. You know, that stuff's legal there. Just kind of throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, boy. Too, too soon, guys. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I will say this. Talking straight football is we talked a lot about the arms race that's going on in the AFC West. That That's the Raiders taking their shot. That's the Raiders watching everything else go on in the AFC West. Russell, Khalil Mack getting there. We we need somebody other than Derek Carr. That potentially could be what's happening. And I think if they they might be trying to make a swing at the one X factor guy that nobody's saying anything because we don't know anything about his future. So, yeah. but what's the you look at the Raiders though? The one thing that held them back last year was their defense. Yeah. Um, their offense, they can score points with Carr. He was like second or third in the league in passing. If you can get him a good receiving core that can stay out of trouble, uh, then the offense will be fine. They need help on the defensive side. That The pass rush is, is good. It's solid. If they can uh, add some uh, help in that secondary, that's personally where I would focus my, my efforts at, just like with the Chargers. Granted, Herbert, they already have that in place. But um, they're going after on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's where probably the Raiders should should look at too. Because they the Raiders, though they can score points, I, I don't believe they can win in a shootout against the Chargers. I don't believe they can win in a shootout against uh, the Chiefs either. 
so they got to build up that defense. They got to add some more pieces there. And so I, I have to ask the question too: What is the rest of the uh, conference doing? Are they all just sitting back there looking at the AFC West and be like, "Oh crap, okay, we need to do something." Um, what what teams out there though can really can really do something, really make a splash and say, "Okay, we can keep up. We got this." I think the Bengals could. I mean, they did last year, um, and they're in a spot financially well where they will be able to shore up the holes that ultimately did them in. Um, so I think that they're going to be right there. Um, the the team that I'm kind of curious about is the Dolphins. I'm just so not sold on Tua, and I know Mike McDaniel has no. been, and I just don't understand. Like well, when you're sitting here with all these teams that are out there, and it sounds like they shut the door on Deshaun Watson, right? I, I feel like he's a he's a domino that is going to fall, and I actually think it's going to be fairly soon. I actually I don't think it's going to go into April for Deshaun Watson. I think it's going to happen no. here pretty soon. So if he gets cleared I mean, tomorrow. It could it could happen over the over the weekend. Yeah. But if he doesn't, he may not play this again. <laughs> well, I can tell. Like it, it, it's when you start to look at all these things, like all these little pieces, right? There's there's ripple effects for every little action that that's kind of taking place. And the one the scenario that I brought up, it, it's really not that far fetched. It's not that far fetched. <laughs> like. We've been wondering if Carr was going to stay. He wants a new contract, okay? Can the Raiders pay that contract and stay competitive? Maybe. I don't know. Like, they're shedding money, so they're either going to extend him or not. He wants $45 million is the number that I heard, $45 million a year. But I think you also, there are some pressures that happen, and you know that, um, what's his name? It's not uh, Al Davis. It's Mike Davis, isn't it? Mark. Mark Davis, sorry, and that horrible bullheaded that horrible haircut. haircut. <laughs> that horrible haircut. You know that he's and the the egos that they have and the 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 Raiders, <laughs> they want to be able to compete in that division. There's no way that they can go to Las Vegas, pay the money for that stadium, and sit there and watch the rest of their division line up and compete for a championship. There's no way. And I think that what's happened over the last couple of days just might be enough to get him to go a different direction. Because Carr was Gruden's grunt. Gruden Gruden liked Carr. I don't Mike Mc or uh, yeah, not Mike McDaniel. Um, McDaniel from the the Patriots. Their their new coach there, Josh, Josh, McDaniel. Josh McDaniels. He. Uh, I don't know how sold he is on Carr. I know that he went there and he said all the right things to, to be the head coach. I know that. But if you know that you can go get a Deshaun Watson, if you know that and he wants to come play for you and you have information that says he's going to get clear to this stuff, do you not make the move when you're watching your entire division do what they're doing? We're just talking football. Are you are you sitting back and are you just saying, oh, I don't know, geez, because you get fired for that. <laughs> I'm building that defense. Uh, that's I agree. Because Carr is good enough. I mean, he can get you to a Super Bowl. He's good enough. He's one of the top 10 quarterbacks in this league. He is, in my opinion, a guy that we keep we keep referencing. They do not have the defense to, to, to contend yeah. in that division. So, But you're right. Uh, Davis, the whole Davis family, the egos are like, oh, yeah, we can get Watson. Yeah, face of the, the, the franchise type of move. And is Watson better than Carr? Yes, he is. But 
what I if just, they got I, what if they got Watson and they pulled off a JC Jackson move? That's that's real. That could happen. It's possible. So that what, that what fixes, is the Raiders cap? I don't so that they it hasn't updated yet on over the cap. They're they're 17 under, but the moves that they made today when this updates, they should be around 40. So, so they, they would have they would have plenty of room to get that done. To do a mul- yeah, make a couple of maybe moves. But at the same and I also wonder, I mean, you're talking about Carr asking for 45. I could see him taking less if it meant improving the team around him. I, I feel like he's the one of those types like a Tom Brady or or you know, that w- would be willing to take less to help improve the team. But yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he. This is his last year of his deal. This is the last year of his deal. If they even flat out released him, which they're not going to do, they're going to get compensation for him. But they saved nineteen point eight million dollars, so he needs he needs a new deal, and it needs to happen. Yeah. So he he like projected wise, like you can say, and and they can move the money, they can make it back it back loaded or whatever. We we expect the cap to go up over the next couple of years, they, like explode actually. So I can see them doing that, but I really think that when you see his contract up and the way that it is, and the potential to get a guy, to go get and yeah, he he's a, a guy. guy. I, you're to go get a better guy, right? That's out there that is within grasp that has mentioned that he w- would like to be a part of the Raiders in the past. He's mentioned it. I don't know that you don't take a swing at him, especially when you see the rest of your division. If you're going to compete with anybody, you got to compete with your division first. Like right. that's just the argument that I'm kind of to structuring there. I love Carr and I love the things that he does. I think he's a great person. I think he's a great leader. But when you look at Russell Wilson and you look at Justin Herbert to what he's becoming and what Patrick Mahomes is, man, I what if you're gonna pay who would you rather pay forty five million dollars, Watson or Carr? Well, Watson. And I think that's what it's kind of coming down to. Is oh who would you rather? If he gets cleared of all that stuff and we have to pay forty five million dollars, are we gonna do it for Carr or are we gonna do it for Watson? We can get we can get some compensation for Carson. Watson's going to want more than forty five though. He's not going to sign for forty five. But he if, already if has they, his if, deal. But he's going to want to negotiate. Let me see what his deal because he's still he. First of all, he's in no room to like he can't negotiate it anything. Matter right? Kyler Murray's in no room and he's doing it. Well, I mean, his contract's <laughs> kind of coming up. The only thing is, he let still me has see. Two years left, and he's a young, like year yeah, three. So Watson. Watson still has this year on his deal. Uh, he's not up until 2025. And he he is scheduled to make quite a bit of money. So, I mean, yeah, he can say, I want to re- renegotiate my contract. But the team could be like, well, you haven't played football in a year. Well, let's go, let's go see what you got. All I'm saying is he might end up being cheaper for 2022, actually. And you get somebody for, for Derek Carr. Depends on how he handles it. Like he can be a complete, you know what, and be like, I'm not going there unless my contract gets renegotiated. I don't know what his contract terms are right now as far as like a trade clause. Uh, I don't know if he has any control whatsoever uh, over that. But yeah, I don't see if there's a no trade clause or anything. I mean, these are all a big what ifs, and we're into debates and all that stuff. <laughs> but 
this is just something to keep your eye on. I, I'm starting to see and hear moves that kind of correlate with other moves. And when you see a team that already has space, start to dump space, start to dump cash, basically, and restructure stuff. It's like they're getting ready for something. So there's yeah. something that's going to happen. I, I guess and, the Watson thing would make more sense to me if they can build the rest of the roster around him. If mm -hmm. they can... If they can use that piece, a Watson piece, to leverage free agency, look what we just got. Come help us out on the defensive side. Get Allen Robinson over to help with the, you know, to pair up with, um, gosh, I don't even know who they have over there anymore. Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro. But um, then maybe, yeah, uh, the cap space, uh, that is a big piece of it. So you do make a good point there. I just, I feel like they, the top defense in that division, whoever that ends up being, I think is going to come out on top of that division. Right now, none of them are really that solid defensively. Yeah, the no. Chargers just made a move, but they still can't stop the run very well. Raiders, they couldn't stop anybody last year. The Chiefs, they got better down the stretch, but they still struggled. Um, you know, even against the, the good offenses in the conference, they struggled with late in the season. Uh, it took a ridiculous 13-second plan to to come out on top and stupid overtime rules okay we're moving forward but those Triggered. four teams <laughs> those four teams in that division who do you think right now is the best defense just based in the on AFC right west? now in the yeah. AFC west mm -hmm. top to bottom i think it's the broncos yeah Top top to bottom i think is the broncos i think i think the chargers added a big piece today they did because but the whole thing about having to pass rush is you got to force them to pass. And if, if if a team can run all over you, it, it's it's trouble. Now, he's a good edge defender, and he, he does well against the run. You know, Khalil Mack does. But I don't know. what I mean, there could be a whole bunch of – I mean, we could go on and, and go into the weeds and all that stuff. But if if you're going – if you're sending Derek Carr to the Colts, there is no way that they're going to be able to get first for him. So it's got to be in the form of a player. What if it's a Darius Leonard? What if it's a guy that's a cornerstone guy? Yeah. Or your offensive line. What if it's Quentin Nelson? What if he's a part of the deal? That's not outlandish either. Depend. I mean, that's <laughs> a big, big what ifs. And since we're in the, I kind of hope the, it all happens. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> do too, because boy, this it'll blow up. But speaking I just, of, I, I got a comment really quick. I'm looking over here as Scott made the comment, and and you said it too about Watson already signed. There's lots of players that are already signed, and they still want new contracts. They still complain. They they sit out of training camp. They hold out. I mean, look at Le'Veon Bell. He sat out a whole season because he wanted a new contract. Dumb move on his part, but he still did yeah. it. And it's, so it's not out of the out of the realm of possibility that these no. guys, despite whether they're in a contract or not, decide to. Ah, I need more money. Like I, <laughs> one of my favorite sayings, and I can't remember who it was, and maybe you recall it, but. Somebody uh, disputing his contract, wanting more money, said, I'm just trying to take care of my family. Said, really? <laughs> you don't make enough already to take care of your family? Yeah, I think I might have said that, Ronnie. I think we were talking about that on Tuesday. I was like, so what is it? The $10 million is the 11 that will do it. I got it. Okay. Well, it was a few years back during an interview. I don't remember which player it was, but I was like, oh, my gosh. For real. I know. $125 million. I'm just trying to feed my family. <laughs> Me too. I would love. Hey, hey, I'm yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, speaking of debates, we want to get into one tonight. And uh, we have one, our apparently. Twitter debate. Yeah, we've already had one. We have our Twitter <laughs> debate of the week. Ronnie, you started this, by the way. 
you started this particular debate, and I'm going to bring it up here on the screen. So this guy, Mike Clay, is talking about, um, you know, the Colts quarterback depth chart. And let me get this banner out of the way here real quick. So they have Sam Ellinger, James Morgan, and they do not have a first-round pick. And then you mentioned that they have to be working on a deal for Jimmy G, or maybe they're confident in signing Trubisky. You're just hung up on Trubisky. I, I think you should go. You'll you see. should try to ask him out. Uh, <laughs> believe in him, or there's some crazy trade that believes that brings in Deshaun Watson, right? So there's that possibility of yeah. the Colts, maybe, right? They have the money to do it. By the way, wouldn't that be epic in the same division? There's no way, though, that the the Texans are trading within their own division. No. Deshaun Watson, no way. Can't imagine they make this move without having some sort of end game. So. Explain to me how this kind of took place and how this became the debate that it was <laughs> and what we're going to discuss. Well, I, I totally did not intend to set anybody off. He set somebody off. I did. And and it all <laughs> was about Jimmy. And I wasn't even predicting that Jimmy G was going to Indianapolis. I was just simply saying the Colts got to have a plan. It's either this, 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 or this. There, there's no way they let wins go without, you know, Without a plan, you're gonna roll with Sam Ellinger, really? No. So, one not with the roster visual. they have. No way. Right, right. So, I, I, one guy commented, "Well, maybe they're just gonna wait it out this year, and then they'll draft somebody in the next year's draft." Seriously, you're gonna just waste a season with Jonathan Taylor? We know running backs don't last that long. No. So, when he's in his prime, like he is right now, you need to take advantage of that. Somebody else said that Garoppolo is nothing more than a Wentz 2.0. Oh, oh well, except God, the fact that I'm, I'm ready to fight somebody with this. <laughs> except the fact that uh, Garoppolo's got two conference championship appearances and a Super Bowl in the last three years. But we, yeah, 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 he's Wentz 2.0. Okay, cool. And this might trigger you again. Yep, you can argue. You can argue the Colts have a better roster. <laughs> I do think they have the better receiver as far as Debo goes, but the overall depth of the wide receivers and the Colts, I think is better. I think the offensive line is better. You can't argue JT. Can't argue but, JT. I can argue the offensive line though. They don't got a Trent Williams, but they do have a Quentin Nelson. Right? <laughs> so I guess wash. wash. <laughs> okay. A wash. Okay. <laughs> and, and what Jimmy G did with that, with what he had and has been doing for the last few years, minus last season because of all the injuries and everything. I just I cannot believe that there's so many people so low on Jimmy G. Like he, we talked about this earlier today about wins being a QB stat. I don't think it is. You say it is, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, you need <laughs> you need a team around you. Wentz you has a team around him, and what did he do? He choked against Jacksonville. He choked in, the, in week 17, and they couldn't get in the playoffs. Garoppolo gets him to the NFC Championship. Now, I know, statistically speaking, those two playoff games were not pretty for him. We know that. But you can't just pull out the two games and say, oh, well, he sucks because of that. I can take two games out of from any player in the history of this game and say, oh, Emma Smith sucked because of those two games. You can't do that. You have to look at the career and what they've done over the last, at least take the last two years. This tweet got Ronnie going, man. <laughs> you fired him up. <laughs> and it's not even my team. <laughs> I'll tell you, this yeah, Jimmy G it. stuff is infuriating to me. 
just in pure. I, I will tell you the the 49ers Twitter over the last couple of years it is the point of contention. Okay. And especially when Trey Lance came in. Oh, my sweet death. It went off. Okay. So I've been, and this is nothing new to me, but what's funny now that he's going to be leaving the 49ers, you have so many other teams and fans that are willing to chime in that act like they know the player. (laughs) I'm like, first of all, okay, I watch every single game play multiple times and I, and I'm a psycho. I don't watch it twice. I don't watch it three. I watch it five, six, seven times. I watch it till I know what the next play is going to be. I do. And the thing about Jimmy G is there's a lot of th- a lot of things that I think that the national media has kind of done to kind of hurt him. And there's some things that he's done to hurt himself. The third, the first thing that he's done to hurt himself is get hurt. Okay. The only reason that we're having this kind of debate about him and the reason the 49ers were moving on newsflash everyone it is not because of his ability it is because of his availability of the five-year contract that he signed he's now in year five he has only had two healthy seasons and and you can argue that last season wasn't really a healthy season because he was taped together in the playoffs okay you can argue that so it his ability is outstanding and his leadership is outstanding is he an elite guy no and nobody's debating that i'm not on a soapbox saying he's a top five quarterback in this league that's not what i'm saying i'm saying he is a very good solid starter that can get your team and and can get wins now i know that you want to you don't like talking wins and here's here's my i'm on the mic and i'm on my platform this is why i think it should be other than the center there is not another guy on the team that that is responsible for the ball every single play. There's just not, okay? So when it comes down to um, him, like he's responsible for the protection. He's responsible for the audibles. He's responsible for the looks. He's responsible for a million trillion other things, okay? So yes, I do think that it should be a QB stat. Now, Wentz's QB stat is... His career win loss is 44, 40, and one. Okay. Barely a winner. When you talked about Jimmy G, let me get Garoppolo here. His win loss is just with the 49ers, 31 and 14 as a career, 33 and 14. Okay. He wins games. His touchdown to interception ratio isn't super pretty. It's 71 to to 38. Um, His QBR is 98 to nine, whereas Wentz was a 90 QBR. Okay. So to me, not only, and there's a lot of leadership stuff going from talking about Wentz not being a leader. Frank Reich was saying, I wish that he would have stepped up and been a little bit more of a leader. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking about Jimmy G and, and his entire team comes to bat for him when these Twitter debates happen. Right. So for me, it's so infuriating when people say, no, he's not a good quarterback. Well, have you seen his third down percentage? The guy moves the chains. Is he an elite guy where he's going to be able to move around and run for a first down every now and again. But ever since his ACL, Kyle has put a kibosh on that. He's flat out told that dude don't run. And if you run, please get down. And he even still doesn't get down sometimes. And it looks awkward. Like, don't stop. 
you're gonna get hurt. Don't stop or wait. I'm confused. Yeah, Do don't stop or no? Period. Don't stop. Okay. Period. <laughs> Exclamation point. Question mark. What the hell are you doing? And that's usually how that goes. <laughs> no, I so in response to the wins thing, my I, I get it. They touch the ball every play. There's 53 guys on the roster. Everybody has to do their part. There's just too many variables in play. And I mentioned it to you earlier today, and I pointed, I'm going to point it out again. You think Josh Allen against the Chiefs, one of the greatest performances in any game in the history of this sport, yet he didn't win. So did they win because of him sometimes? Yes. Did they lose sometimes because of him? Yes. That particular time was not his fault. So because of all the variables, I just don't see how you can say your win-loss record is your stat. No, it's a team stat. No, so that's my only thing with the, the wins. I think it's a part of the puzzle, right? Like, so like for Matt Stafford, we could always talk like his yards, right? A lot of people would argue that his a lot of his yards came in garbage time because he was playing for a bad team. Like it's a piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle. Well, in garbage but time would it, be after the first quarter if that's the case with Detroit. Very true. See, exactly. <laughs> Making my point. But they're like the things that we that we judge quarterbacks on, right? Especially when it comes to like, are you great? Right? What's the first thing that we talk about? Rings. Well, in order to get the ring, you gotta do what, Ronnie? Win. Your team. In, team has to win i got it i got it but we judge <laughs> quarterbacks on that do they have a ring like they, we don't talk well, linebackers and say do you have a ring or not oh you do okay cool you're a part of a good team awesome great defense yes but <laughs> quarterbacks are like dan marino like that you're telling me right now that he's not sitting at home in miami and like worried that i, I yeah he's yeah no it doesn't bother me i know that you stay up late and i at sometimes dan and you wish that you won that 1984 super yeah. bowl i know you do i would yeah. i would yeah. i would be a I'd probably be in an asylum, actually. You mentioned that we don't we don't call out uh, other players with with rings or whatnot. I, watching Good Morning Football this morning, Sean McCoy was on, and they introduced him as two time Super Bowl winning uh, champ. Oh. I'm like, um, on the one bench. of those, I don't even believe he was active for <laughs> the Chiefs, right? When the Chiefs yeah. won, they, he was inactive. Yeah. So, but anyways, <laughs> if that's the case. Jimmy G's got two Super Bowl rings, baby. <laughs> Way better than everybody else. <laughs> No, I I can I'm fine with it being like a piece of the puzzle, but at the same time, it it can't just be what the only thing people look at. Sure, like it does sure. drive me crazy when people talk about Super Bowl rings defining a player, because again, Dan Marino is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. He's arguably one of the best, and some people even say he is the best quarterback to have played this game. He doesn't have any rings. And people do hold that against him. But is that, is that his fault? Did he cost them any games that prevented them from going to the playoffs or the Super Bowl or anything like that? True. So, I mean, I just think there's just too many variables in play. There, there totally is. But everything that you look at at a, at a quarterback level this is the last thing I'll say before I get off it is thir- third down completion percentage. Like what? Like how often is he moving the chains? That's a, that's a stat that directly correlates to wins. What's his touchdown to interception ratio? That's a stat that correlates to wins. Is he scoring or is he turning the ball over? That's a stat that correlates to wins. Now, yards, I've never been a big fan of like, the, like to me, yards don't aren't a, a huge deal because that's a scheme thing. Like you can scheme a million yards. If you're throwing 60 times, well, God, I hope you're throwing for a lot of yards, <laughs> but you're probably not winning because you're throwing the ball 62 times. So I have a hard time with the yardage thing. I like touchdown interception ratio. 
I like quarterback rating because it can basically compiles all those things together and says, okay, completion percentage is a huge one because that shows if you're an accurate quarterback or not. Can I ask right? this question? Yeah. Does the quarterback rating or the other QBR, do any of those take into account wins? Not that I know of. But, no, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. But, th- but this is what I mean. But this is what I mean. <laughs> that rating, right, if you have a higher QBR, would you say, for sake of argument, that you have a higher chance of winning the game or a lower chance of winning the game? A higher, for sure. Perfect. So unofficially, we're talking about quarterback wins anyway. <laughs> But you can say the same thing about a running backs, and we see it all the time. Oh, when the team, when this running back gets 100 yards rushing, the team is 23 and one versus 10 and 13 when he doesn't. So, does that make you know, should wins be a running back thing too? No, but feed that mofo if he's got that. If you're winning, (laughs) you know what I mean? Feed that guy, right? Get him the ball. If if that's how you're winning, that's the head coach's job. And the the head coaching, we know their whole thing is win percentage, yeah, right? Their whole thing is wins. Uh, I will say back to to Garoppa really quick. Uh, I do hope he goes to a team that that gives him the opportunity to to prove the doubters wrong. I really do. I like Garoppolo as a player, and especially having this and the best and, and learning more about him he's a great leader uh, i've read comments from the, the the teammates and from you know some of the fans and whatnot i really hope he gets an opportunity to really to to, to, to prove everybody wrong at least the ones that doubt him <laughs> i'm i'm with you 100 i i think a lot of it so he gets a lot of flack for the, the 2019 run, oh, they won in spite of him. They didn't trust him to run the ball or they didn't tr- trust him to pass the ball. I'm like, well, damn, Raheem Mostert was going off. Are you going to actually throw the ball when you have a running back that's running all over a team? No, you're not. Right. Same thing with the Minnesota. There was a there was a play sequence where they ran the ball eight straight times, but they were getting like eight yards a clip. And some guy, and I'm just going to throw it out like a Stephen A or a Colin Cowherd or whatever, they don't trust Jimmy. They just don't trust Jimmy with the ball in his hands. I'm like, bro, the whole point of football is to move the ball. And if you can move it running, which is the least risky, you're going to yeah. do it. Okay. So I just think the scheme that he was in that in the way that Kyle Shanahan wants to play football, I think that actually helped a lot of those narratives. Cause you could, mm-hmm. you could look at some games and say, well, they ran the ball 35 times for 285 yards. They don't trust Garoppolo. It's like, that blows my mind when they want to try to start that. Cause I'm like, why would anybody on the face of the earth throw the football when you're running it at that clip? Like, why would you, you just wouldn't do it. Right. And, and to your point too, Wentz was in the same position, same situation. Fantastic. Great running back. Maybe the best in the league right now. Great offensive line. One of the best in the league, same situation. Yeah. He couldn't get it done, but Garoppolo did. The two teams are very similarly built as far as, you know. They really are. The way they, 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 really they are. scheme up. Yeah, so so going back to the comparison, to me there is no comparison. Teams are very similar. You got one led by Garoppolo. You got one led by Wentz. Which one got further? I don't yeah. care what the numbers look like in those playoff games. Yeah, were they that great? No, but he got them there. And that is I'll tell you the big thing. The big thing on this that that gets me, just looking at it right now, so Jimmy Garoppolo has almost a 68% completion percentage. Carson Wentz, 62. 
And that's simply, and I know that maybe there's some people that are watching this like, well, you know, that, that doesn't seem like it's a, a fairly big gap. That's the difference between keeping the ball or punting. That's the difference between scoring and not scoring. Like yeah. those completions are a huge deal. And when you, when you have over a career where you have a four to 5% gap, that's a lot of balls hitting the ground versus a lot of balls that aren't. Well, however fact, you want to draw it up, like however it is, that's fact. Yeah. It's interesting. You brought that up because you mentioned earlier the Tennessee game and when that went kind of brought them back in that game, they wouldn't have been behind if it wasn't for him. Cause I remember watching that game. Cause I needed Jonathan Taylor to get me oh, some yeah. points in the fantasy. He was not good for two and a half quarters. And then, no. yeah, somehow and it was the last he, two and a half quarters. He was good for yeah. the first two and a half bad for the last because it was, a, yeah, an overtime, so, but. um, yeah, I, give me Garoppolo all day over wins. <laughs> all right. I'm going to save that clip right there. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, I know that we're going to have, I mean, this was a really great debate. We kind of went a little bit all over the place as far as talking free agents. This is going to get crazy starting Sunday afternoon, I believe. We're going to start to see and hear things that are going to that are going to happen and I actually predict tomorrow and Saturday I think there's going to be more trades. I think Jimmy gets moved before Sunday. I really think that I'm actually surprised it didn't happen today. I think it's kind of gaining some steam the way that teams are kind of moving around. Um Bobby Wagner, that's a big one. He's got a huge market that a lot of teams are interested in him. And matter of fact, it seems like the entire NFC West is interested in him. I'm almost thinking so Chandler Jones is out there. Um, he's a huge pass rusher, and I got to imagine you talked about the Raiders' defense. That might be a pass rusher that they go after to match up with Max Crosby. I think that would be a tremendous duo. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen, and I think there's a lot of different ways that these teams are going to be built, but I'm excited for it, and I can't wait to be on the mic with you on, on Monday. We're going to do this again live, and we're going to be kind of talking through some of the aftermath and then some of the predictions of what's going to continue to happen through uh, Wednesday uh, when the, officially the new year uh, league year begins. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be It's going to be a fun weekend, I think. It's going to be a crazy weekend. My wife's going to get mad because I'm going to be staring at my phone and Twitter because Twitter's where you get everything. Like, I mean, that is where you get stuff. There's stuff popping off all the time yeah. uh, on there. So I'm excited for it. But honestly, until then, I want to thank everybody who's been in the comments. I want to thank everybody who's contributed to the, the conversation. Uh, love seeing that. Uh, can't wait. Again, we're going to try to go Monday. I like this time frame. I think Monday at 8 o'clock, I think that'll work. Is that good for you, Ronnie? Yeah, I'm, I'll, right. I will be here. 8 o'clock Mountain Time, Monday. We will be live. But until then, Peepcast, man, we're out. We're out of here. You guys have a great weekend.